A long time ago now, I went to university, and, and at university I did a music degree, and my specialism was composition, writing music, uh, and my biggest achievement was, uh, I was dead proud of it, I, I wrote um, a large choral piece of music for, for a choir, and it was based on a small segment of, of Ulysses, which is a poem, a really strange poem by a really strange poet called James Joyce, you've probably heard it, you, you might have heard of him, and it was a strange piece of music as well. But, but my lecturers loved it. And I hadn't been a Christian long when I wrote it, maybe six months or so. It's in the summer of 1999. And I remember doing something groundbreaking for me at that time, which was that I let God in on it. I prayed, and I asked him to help me. And, and I believe that God gave me that music. Every note that I wrote, he gave me it. And the, the music wasn't the slightest bit to do with Jesus, but, but God guided me and God gave me the notes and the ability to create the music for that specific piece of music. Because I asked him to. I let him in on it. I asked him. And what I had was a plan. And, and I knew, before I created the music itself, I knew what I wanted it to sound like. I had decided already. I'd made a choice about all the harmonies and, and the disharmonies and, and the dynamics and the tempos and the instrumentation of voices because it was a choral piece. I knew all of that before I wrote it. And then, and then I wrote it all down as I intended. And then later in the year, it, it was performed. It came to fruition. It was performed by the university choir. And in Ephesians 1, from verse 3 to verse 12, we read of things that God put in place things that he decided before the foundation of the world, before God created anything, before life played out, before you and I came into existence, he'd planned what would happen. Because he's God. He'd written it. And in his eyes, it was absolutely perfect. It fitted together perfectly. And it still does. From the start of the universe all the way through to the end, it was and is perfect. So let, let me read to you from uh, Ephesians 1. I'm going to read from verse 3 all the way down to verse 11. <clears throat> so, uh, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the Beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth." In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. And verse 12, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. I I, I told you a few weeks ago, all, all of those verses, down to verse 14, in fact, is one long sentence in the original Greek, and Paul is just flowing, flowing with all these amazing, magnificent truths about Jesus and and what he has done and his plan. It's all one amazing Greek, New New Testament Greek sentence. 
Um, fortunately for us, it's, it's, it's been split up. Uh, I, I spoke last week about God's plan. We, see, we read about God's plan in verse 10. And in the Greek, I said God, God's plan is his oikonomia, which literally translates as his household law. In other words, God's plan is the way that he runs his house. And his kingdom, his church with a capital C, and this church, it's God's house. And and because it's God's house, he runs it. And because he's God, he runs it in an absolutely perfect way. And he runs it in a very purposeful way. He doesn't let you and me run it. We, We try to, don't we? A lot of the time. We try to have our way in church. We try to dictate what, what goes on. But actually, it's God's church. It's not my church. It's not your church. It's God's church. And, and he runs it. And he's purposeful about the way he does it. Jesus builds his church, not man. So before God created the universe, God had made purposeful and very defin- de- definite plans about his children's lives, about his household, even about who his children, his family would be. It's his kingdom, not ours. So he gets to decide, not us. He planned it perfectly. And Paul writes in verse 3 and 4, Blessed be the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who's blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. In other words, the Father chose us in Christ before he created the universe. He chose that we would know him. He chose that he would show his grace to us. He chose that he would save us. He's chosen all these things. He made decisions. Nothing was an accident. And remember, he chose us before the foundation of the world. What an incredible privilege to be chosen by the creator of the universe before he actually created it. He chose that he would save you and me. He chose that. He chose that, you, that he would involve you in his great master plan and purpose of the entire universe. And, and at the exact time that he chose you in this way, before the foundation of the earth, what he did is he also blessed you in Christ with every spiritual blessing. We were blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing before we were even born, before he created the universe. That happened. So how is that possible? In, 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 in our rational thinking, limited minds, how is that possible that we were blessed with every spiritual blessing if the earth didn't actually exist? And if we weren't even born, let alone saved. The answer is that God knew. God knew. God had set your life and your days in place before you were born, before he created the world. This amazing verse in Psalm 139, David wrote, Your eyes saw my unformed substance. God saw you before you were formed. In your book were written every one of them the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So when there were no days, before the universe was created, before anyone knew what the, the concept of a day, God had already written your days. How incredible is that? But really it makes perfect sense because God knows everything. And he plans his household, he runs his household to complete perfection. He knows everything. He's planned everything. He is God. He has the right to do that. If he can't do those things, then he's not God. 
And so included in God's writing of your days is that moment when he would bring you into his kingdom. And included in that moment is every spiritual blessing. In God's eyes, every spiritual blessing was yours before the foundation of the earth. But we didn't take ownership of these spiritual blessings until that day when Jesus saved us. Then they, they, we take ownership of them. They become ours. And God views those spiritual blessings as ours before that. He had our names on them. They were set aside for us in God's eyes. But we had no idea about these spiritual blessings that were ours in Jesus because we weren't born, because the earth wasn't created, but God knew, and God knew the exact time when he would save us. He knew the exact route our lives would take for us to come into salvation. And and that is what Paul means when he uses the word predestined. He says, in love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. And, And predestination is literally the boundaries that God has set in place in our lives that would lead us to a place where we have no other way to go than surrender to Jesus. And yet it's a choice that we make. We choose to become a Christian. But once we get to the point of having to make that choice, it seems complete